0: Welcome to Life's Rich Tapestry, a podcast exploring the narrative of people's layered lives. Listen in on courageous conversations spoken from the heart. Gain insight into another's life as we tackle compelling topics which will expand your mind, help you gain perspective, and might Even inspire you to do things differently. My name is Evelyn and I look forward to your company. And welcome to another show of Life's Rich Tapestry. How many of us can say that we know what we want our funeral to be like? Let alone making those decisions for a loved one's funeral. We plan all sorts of things throughout our lives: holidays, weddings, buying a home, even going out to a restaurant. We do our research and work out the best possible options. Yet when it comes to something that happens to all of us, we tend not to want to think about it until it happens. But knowing what your loved one wanted for their funeral, goes a long way to creating the perfect send-off. Unfortunately, all too often, I have conversations with loved ones who are at a total loss on what their loved one would have wanted. Now, I remember one such conversation with a family who had recently lost their patriarch. Ronald was 87 years old when he passed away. He was a decorated World War II serviceman and a longtime member of the Masons and Rotary. Ronald spent his last two years in a nursing home battling cancer. The funeral director had given me Ronald's son's details, and I was on my way to meet him at the family home. Now, when I arrived at the modest two-story house, I took out my briefcase, filled with books, memorial cards, and my lengthy questionnaire from the car and went to meet the son. Now, upon arrival, I offered my condolences. Your father, um, he's been sick for a while, I asked. Now, the family nodded through their sobs. Um, did you, by chance, ask him what he would have liked, done for his funeral, or maybe what he wanted for his funeral song? The family looked at me like I'd said something vulgar. Are you kidding me? We couldn't talk about anything like that, they responded. Now, in an ideal world where it is easy to speak about death, most families would know that their loved one what have wanted. But this isn't always possible. Now, through the years of being a funeral celebrant, I've worked with many families during their darkest hour, and I know how vulnerable and exposed the family feels during this time. I have found the families who were able to plan with their loved ones beforehand some details of their upcoming funeral, for instance, if someone was terminally ill or if their loved one had a prepaid funeral, these families were significantly less stressed. Now in 1997, when my father passed away suddenly from a heart attack, we had made some very bad financial decisions. Now the main one was choosing a casket, which cost way too much money. He was our dad and we wanted him to go out in style, but we were vulnerable and overwhelmed with our grief. When I think back to the awful music played as we were walking into the church, I'm sure my dad was looking down and thinking, Are you serious? Now, I've thought about his funeral often and how I would have done it differently. This experience has really fueled my desire to have an open dialogue with friends and family about what should be done if I died unexpectedly. So today's topic is Let Them Know Before You Go. I want you to commit yourself to making three decisions and letting your family know what needs to be done when the inevitable happens. Now, I promise you, when discussing this with your family, you will not freak them out, but will empower them. So today, I will be discussing having a burial versus cremation, what ceremony options there are, and setting the tone. Now, the first one, Burial versus cremation. Now, I'll never forget this story about a family that came to a local Blue Mountains funeral home and um, they wanted a cremation as it was the cheapest option. They had the funeral and a week later, the will was read out. In their dad's will, it was clearly stated that he wanted to be buried. Now, wills are sometimes read out after the funeral. So the father clearly did not let his family know what he wanted. Some families are pretty straightforward and know exactly what they want, especially if there's a family plot, then it is very certain that a burial will be chosen. Also, if you have a particular religious belief, then burial is the only option. Burials are more expensive, with additional expenses to think about, such as masonry work or even maintenance fees. The advantage of a burial is that there is a place that you can go to and you know this is where your loved one is. It's a historical marker. But it also is important to really think about how often will you be able to visit your loved one's grave. Now, my father was buried over 20 years ago um, in a military cemetery in Texas. And I hate to admit this, but I've only visited twice. Cremation is a preferred choice in Australia, with cremation rates over burial at 69%. It is a far more economical option than burial. Now, there are benefits to a cremation. You're able to scatter the ashes wherever your loved one had their fondest memories you're able to divide ashes amongst loved ones. You can put the ashes in memorial cremation jewelry or an urn. Um, Ashes can be made into jewelry and even infused into a crystal. You can mix ashes in a biodegradable urn and uh, place this in the earth alongside a newly planted tree or plant. The disadvantage is that there is no historical marker However, you can have the ashes interred at a permanent resting site. Now, the next decision is ceremony. Please do not tell your loved ones that you do not want a ceremony. You will not be there. Instead, give them permission to do whatever is necessary. Whether this is a funeral conducted with your body present in a coffin or a memorial service conducted at a later date, it is important to have some sort of ceremony. You need to be able to allow grieving individuals to say their final goodbyes and commiserate with family members. People need to share stories, cry, comfort each other, offer support. This community grieving process is an important step towards healing. It ensures individuals don't feel alone in their pain. Now, I've heard countless stories of those who share um, just horrible things that have happened. When Someone has told them that their loved one has gone to a better place, or they weren't able to go because they were a young child. Children should be given the choice to attend, and you need to be totally honest that there will be crying, and it's okay. The results of not having a ceremony is complicated, and unresolved grief can last a lifetime. Most of the time, ceremony location is decided by the family, especially if someone dies suddenly. Now, a family I worked with, uh, their mother was a keen golfer, so there was no other place to have a funeral but at the 18th hole at her favorite golf course. There have been occasions where the person who is passing has told their loved ones, "Hey, I want to be cremated and have the ashes at a memorial in a public hall, have a high tea, or let's have the ceremony in my garden. Now, in the last few years, I have been involved in interment of ashes at local cemeteries. Having ashes in a permanent resting place gives the family the opportunity to visit at any time, reflect, and even find comfort to celebrate any sort of news that they need to share. As human beings, we crave physical closeness with our loved ones. We just need something to touch, a marker, a blot of soft grass. It just connects us to the loved one's essence. And it can actually make the separation feel less final. As a rite of passage, funerals, memorial ceremonies, and ashes interment are not to benefit the dead, but the living. It is important to be able to come together honor your loved one and support those left behind. Most definitely give your family permission to do whatever ceremony they want. But by all means, if you have an idea of where you want your ceremony to be, please let them know before you go. Now, when COVID started in early 2020, the rules and restrictions on attending funerals have been difficult, to say the least, for families. In Australia, the restriction started uh, from the twenty-fifth of March, twenty twenty, and at first, it was where only ten people were allowed at the funeral, and this number included funeral st- staff and uh, the person conducting the funeral, who which who was ever who was either the celebrant or the priest. Now, thankfully, that only lasted two weeks, um, and then it was changed to that there could be 10 guests plus the required funeral staff and celebrant or priest. Now, this drastic change saw many families opt to have a memorial ceremony when restrictions were lifted. And it has also seen a rise in ceremonies being conducted with just the immediate family and also having a Zoom live live stream uh, component, which I think has been a positive outcome from COVID, um, as now friends and families from overseas are able to see the ceremony live. Now, most families are opting to have the ceremony recorded as well. Through 2020, there were legislative steps in slowly increasing numbers of attendance at funerals, though social distancing measures were followed within venues, depending on the size of the venue. So, for instance, the chapel that I usually work at in the Blue Mountains, the maximum number allowed uh, at one stage was 32, with another chapel that I work with in Penrith um, only being 24. And then, of course, it happened again with the New South Wales lockdown from the 26th of June 2021 till the middle of October, where the numbers were back to 10 in attendance with masks worn and checking in as a requirement. Now, from the middle of October to today's current date, which is the 11th of December, Numbers in chapel and burials have slightly increased. However, there is proof of double vaccination, masks need to be worn, and checking in is a requirement. Now, from the 15th of December, laws in New South Wales, Australia are changing again. However, there is another variant which is plaguing the world. So I don't want to make any assumptions of what is going to happen, as I clearly do not know. So, lastly, I want to talk about setting the tone. Now, the one thing that stands out from my dad's funeral is the horrible music that was played in the church. The music was haunting, somber. Okay, I know we were at a funeral, but it did not reflect my father's personality at all. So setting the tone of this final celebration is by having all of the music selected by yourself, um, if possible. And let's face it, the power of music cannot be underestimated. Music sets the tone for any sort of event. And I, to tell you the truth, I feel this is the easiest thing to talk about. And the type of music you love says a lot about your personality and how you view life. And it is the most fun part of funeral planning, and I feel very passionate about this. So if you can put together a playlist of your life, songs that bring you the happiest memories, this playlist will not only be played at your funeral, but any time your loved ones want to think about you. If you really want to let your family know, members know exactly which particular song you want where There are a few parts of the ceremony which I'll talk about. For instance, the entrance song. Now, this is the song that starts the be- at the very beginning of the funeral ceremony. This is where, for instance, um, the coffin might be pallbared in by family members, or it just starts the ceremony, and it's a song that should truly reflect who you are, if you're planning your own funeral, or who your loved one was. Another important place to put a song is for your photo presentation. Now, um, if your family decides that they would like a photo presentation done by themselves or the funeral home, what song is, would they like? Now, um, I just did a memorial ceremony actually just last week. And what I loved about this ceremony that I did is the person who passed away, she actually chose all the photos, uh, to be played during her a photo presentation so I think that's a great idea to tell you the truth So think about what song you want played during that and um, now for now this is a source of contention and people often ask how long should the uh, that presentation be now for a funeral as there are many different elements um, you know there's speakers there's uh, there can be rituals, uh, tributes it can be a candlelit, poems read I honestly feel that a during a funeral the tribute photo tribute should be the length of a song and really no longer than six minutes if you are having a wake afterwards or uh, if you're going somewhere afterwards to you know have refreshments then you can maybe have uh, just A PowerPoint presentation with many photos just flipping through can be up to an hour. But if it's just specifically during the ceremony, I I really um, recommend less than six minutes. I know some people say, well, gosh, she's lived 80 years. How do you do that? But I will be totally honest. Some of the best photo tributes I've seen have been... Actually, the very best one I've ever seen was two and a half minutes. It It was amazing. And there weren't even... Every photo was not even a photo of the person who passed. This person was very creative. So they showed a lot of uh, the person's work. They showed their pets, their house, uh, their garden. So yeah, so it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be long at all. But that um, that is just my take on it. I really think it should be the length of a song and no longer than six minutes. Now the final song is, um, is at the end of the ceremony, the committal song. Um or some people don't like the word committal, but anyways, it's the final or committal song. And this is a piece of music that is played when the coffin is being lowered at a burial or the curtain is being closed at a cremation. Now, as music sets the tone, it also leaves a lasting impression. The last moments before the ceremony ends can be the most emotionally charged. Think about that very last piece of music. How do you want your ceremony to end? Now, the more upbeat, the better. Now, the truth is there was no music at my father's burial. And I definitely feel we could have had some sort of uplifting song or some sort of noise. It was, it was literally dead quiet. And I'm sorry, excuse the pun, but I just felt so horrible afterward. So, so these are just my thoughts, but final things to consider. It is crucial to have an open discussion with your loved ones about the end of your life choices. Even if you don't feel strongly about any decision, let your family know. Now, in hindsight, and knowing what I know now, and because of the close relationship I had with my father, perhaps a cremation would have been my preference. Then I would have a few ashes of my dear dad placed in an urn or a piece of jewelry, and I would definitely have that in a locket kept close to my heart. Now, some sort of celebration is an important event to honor your loved one's life, and it also provides that opportunity to come together as a community to validate your grief So in the near future, when I ask a family what their loved one wanted for their final celebration, I hope that it will be a resounding, yes, my father definitely wanted to be cremated. He wanted the ashes divided amongst the children. He didn't care about a ceremony, but if we had one, he wanted us to play this song. So in summary, burial is the most expensive option But if the family has a plot or a specific religious belief, this might be the only option. It's also essential to think about how often the grave site will be visited. The best advantage of having a burial is that there is a historical marker. Cremation is the most popular option, and I find it symbolic in scattering the ashes at various places where your loved one had their fondest memories. The ashes can be divided and contained in either jewelry or even interred at a permanent resting area. Music sets the tone, so make sure to give give them your funeral playlist. By letting your family know what needs to be done at the end of your life, it opens their eyes, empowers them, and essentially is the last gift of love that you are going to give your loved ones. Let them know before you go. Thank you so much for your company. Please tune in next week to Life's Rich Tapestry, where you will hear another courageous conversation spoken from the heart.